Hey, wee. What's up, Airheads? We're back once again. We're in the virtual Airstream studios. You've got a you've got a bit of a harried version of both me and Cho at present, though for different reasons. I've been traveling all day. My flight was delayed. I very nearly didn't make it. I had to run across the airport. About had a heart attack. Uh, can't, had to get home, run out back, set everything up, hop on here. I'm just uh, I'm just I'm in a big ass rush, but I'm sitting down now. I've made a drink, I'm chilling out, and hoping to have a good time on this episode. Cho, though is harried for a much more uh um profound reason <laughs> as i'm sure many of y'all are, are probably aware if you follow him on twitter or social media and stuff cho got a baby finally little baby cho little baby cho in the house Jan- well i don't know if you want me to say his full name or yeah i don't care whatever Jan- little jansen bain has well I, had, I said his name i said his name on the internet because i was i was making the proclamation and announcing to everyone the 2044 masters champion jansen bain yeah. forrester you know yeah i was when i first got popular on the internet you know i was getting so much hate full mess like death yeah. threats and all this stuff that like i'm worried I, I mean, about as it, you <laughs> probably recall i was like and i'm still fairly private about my sons but i've lessened up on it a little bit but as you remember like at that point in time i wouldn't t- i wouldn't put no pictures with them yeah. up on any of my things i wouldn't say their names i wouldn't talk about like i shielded them yeah. very much because you know like i said i was getting some wild messages and stuff so but seven years on i've sort of you know, gotten over yeah, that to a little extent. No, I don't knock on yeah, wood. No, I don't think you're wrong though, because I actually brought all that up to Amber uh, because we were so excited when the baby was born, and I wanted everybody to see. Because, like, dude, I've never, like, I've never, uh, I'm, I get proud easy, but I look at what just happened. I see my baby, and I was like, I've never actually been proud of anything in my life until now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, this is, and I mm-hmm. wanted fucking everybody to see it. Me and Amber, it took us five years to have it. It was just like the the summation of just a wonderful journey that a lot of people had followed me on through like my stand-up bits and everything. And I wanted everybody to see it. And then right after I posted that, I started thinking about you and all the shit. Like, you've told me that shit before. And I was like, oh, man, I think this yeah, might be the last time that ever happens. I mean, nothing ever like happened. Well, I mean, no, know, but... Pro- but- in but part because I, you know, I kept you them. Shielded them from the world. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Shielded them from the world. But I'm saying nobody ever showed up at my house or nothing again. Not yeah. would. Like, I never had any real incidents. It's just that, like, some of the feedback I was getting in messages and stuff had me freaked out about that. And so I, I like, she, yeah, I was, but, I'd tell people I had kids, but I wouldn't say nothing about them publicly. Yeah. But, and I've only been a dad for less than a week, but I already have a new perspective on uh, not taking chances, even if the chances are slim. You know what I mean? Like just because, yeah. like when it when it comes to the kid, just because someone goes, oh, "That'll probably never happen." Right now, at least in my early stages of being a father, I go, "But you're telling me there's a chance." Therefore, I'm not fucking you know doing that shit. <laughs> right. So like I'm playing it by the book, boy. And yeah, I'm tired. I'm super tired. And Trey, I want to say this, two less men would have just not done the show tonight, you know, but we're not those people because we love putting on airs. I'm on two, I'm on like, I think 10 hours combined in like four or five days of sleep. And I was, I told my wife, I said, baby, I know it's not going to hit for you that I take a little break, uh, to go up and record a podcast, but you know, it is my job. And frankly, it is nice to sit here and talk to you and have a drink. And, uh, you know, yeah. it's great. Um, 
Yeah, I'd like to tell you that uh, gets better, that part of it, but it may not for quite a while, quite some time. Yeah, that's okay. Like, <laughs> because I, I have both experiences. I've said that, I'm sure you've heard me say this too, but what I my line to people always was, because this is how I felt, I was like, because not all babies are different, you know. And I used to tell people, right. I was like, I was like, if my some of them are Chinese, if my some of them are Chinese, that's right. Some of them are Jamaican, you know. Uh, all kinds of babies out there, all very different. But I used to tell people, I was like, if my first baby had been the type of baby that my second baby was, uh-huh. then my second baby might not have existed because, yeah. like. <laughs> Because yeah, and now they're both yeah. great. But they're the furthest. They're they're ten and eleven now, and they're they're both awesome. But like they were very different as babies. Like I had a real skewed perspective on the early stages of parenting because yeah. Bishop, my oldest one, my first baby, dude, he like so good. He slit. He literally, if he wasn't, you know, sucking on the teddy or a bottle, bottle or getting his diaper changed, if he wasn't doing one of those two things, he was just asleep. Like he just yeah. like. He was a dream, but I had no frame of reference. He was the only baby I had, but like he just, he slept all the time. He wasn't a big crier, whatever. And so I always thought like, I was like, what's everybody fucking complaining about? It's like, yeah. I've, I was like, I've binge breaking bad. I've done a yeah. whole Skyrim yeah. playthrough. Like I've, yeah. this has been great. This isn't, this ain't bad at all. Then we had the next one 13 months later. And of course that's part of it too, is that when the second one came out, yeah. we had a toddler exactly right but and that's part of it but the second one the younger one he was a completely different story he was like yeah he was awake every two hours for the first six months of his life or whatever and it was i was like oh now i get it this is like this is a this is a whole thing right here yeah. Another thing i've always wondered is like i've never been an overly energetic feller anybody who knows me yeah. knows that but I was in my I was in my early to mid twenties at that time. Right, you could right? play chin strap. Right, and but like I, one thing I've always thought I get why people wait. It's logical and reason reasonable to wait in the world we live in now. But like biologically speaking, I don't think there's any argument that we're all Agreed. meant to have children at a much earlier yeah, age. Yeah. And one of the things I've always thought was like that era when I had a newborn who was up all the time and a 13 month old running roughshod over my whole existence. Right. I was 25, 26. Yeah. Right. And I've thought like now that I'm 36, almost 37, I've been like, dude, if that was happening right now, I don't, I don't know how I'd be able to handle that. Cause and I that's just, what I'm doing. And that's where, and that's what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, but I will, I will counter to that with the one perk is that if I'd have had this baby when I was 25, I would have actually had a very substantial lifestyle change. But now uh, it's, here's the thing that's hard. It's literally just the sleep deprivation that I'm struggling with because, because everything else, like he is an easy baby. Like he does just sleep and cries when he wants to eat. But because he came a little bit early, we're having to be real strict on when we feed him and stuff. And I have made it a point to be with Amber along the whole ride because she had, uh, and this is no secret, she had a C-section. So like she, it's harder to bounce back from that. You know what I mean? So like I actually, I do need to be there to like hold the baby when she's pumping after she breastfeeds and stuff. And I've made it a point like I'm, uh, and I think I've told you this, 
I don't know if all of it is because I'm a good person. I think most of it is because I'm very competitive and I want her to I want her to go to school and tell all her teachers how great of a husband I am so that their husbands look like pieces of shit. Like I'm going hard in the paint. You know what I mean? Like I'm but also at first I thought it was that. But then I kept going and I realized, oh, my God, I'm doing this because I fucking love this baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't I don't want to leave him like I'm I said I it's nice to be with you right now. And it really is. And, and right. she's got some family down there. But at the same time, I, I'm not going to lie. I really would rather be sitting there. Holding yeah. My child. Well, and it's, that's, that's going to be really hard for you me. Said, well, you said you like if this happened when I was 20 something. The lifestyle change would have been huge. It's not it's not really that bad right now. It's just sleep deprivation. And I immediately thought. I mean, you're still a comedian, right? When yeah. you like, you said, "I don't want to be away from him." You're gonna have to be. Yeah, uh, no, I no stretches no, you're of right. time and like that. That shit is hard, bro. We, it's yeah, real I, hard. I mean, you saw me going through how yes. burnt out I got and how much it affected me and everything. And it's and they uh, weren't even babies, you know. Like, but no, but, but they, yeah. I feel like babies would almost be easier. Than, easier, yeah. Than like they yeah, were still you young enough. They were still and, young yeah. enough that they. They never remembered anything different than me being yeah. a comedian. So no, I, that's what that I part, that's that's that, what I meant I know. was like yeah, but but they were old enough to be like, are you leaving again, Daddy? Don't go. Yeah, that type of thing. Like whereas well, a baby ain't gonna do that. You know. Well, that's that's uh, fair. But but when I said when I said no lifestyle change, I wasn't factoring in what my normal lifestyle is. I meant the current one I have because we. I did actively take a lot of time off because I wanted to be there during the pregnancy to help Amber. And I wanted to make sure that I was here during this time. So I've actually gotten used to a kind of between comedy tours lifestyle where I don't go nowhere. I, do, I like to stay home. And when, I, when we're not touring, I do, I don't leave my fucking house. You know that I don't go to bars. I don't go hang out with my buddies. So it's like, yeah, you're telling, you're telling me that I have to just sit here and watch the Marvel movies again, but with a cool, I'm, awesome thing on my lap. This is amazing. I actually just started writing a bit. I'll t- So you tell me if you know if anybody has this bit. So I've like, you know, I've never really written much kids stuff, but I've, I'm a, I'm trying to put like a kids chunk together. But now, now that you know that I'm going to be opening for you doing 45 of it, you're like, now, I got to get some. Is, the truth is, I I've got a show in LA that's like yeah, parenting themed, uh-huh. and so and I and so I was like, well, that'll be a good excuse for me to write parenting material because I never have ever. And yeah. part of the reason was always because like. I feel like most of the comics and they're great comics and they're great bits. A lot of many they of which I love them. and laugh at, but the, the prevailing wisdom amongst I, comedians I is like comics are, or comics are all like, Oh, they're little fun vampires. They sap your life essence. They, I know what your you're youth. about to pitch me. And I, I know what you're about to pitch well, me. And I'm so fucking mad because I had this idea five years ago, but I didn't have a kid and I didn't well, do it. Are, I don't are you going to do the thing where you do positive, the positive shit? Well, yeah, I mean, yes. So I've been, I've been, I'm currently trying, I'm currently trying to write a whole little chunk about how much it rules, right? Yeah, right. Like, because I I just feel like you don't feel like you don't ever see that. And one of the things that I had in mind was you're talking about, oh, I sit at home. I don't do nothing anyway. And you're about to find out. I mean, I'm sure you already recognize, but like one of the things I want to talk about is that like kids are a cheat code for getting out of shit. 
which yes, is dude. incredible when you're in your, yeah. when you're in, when you're in your 30s and stuff like you got some bullshit second cousin's bridal shower or like you know your wife's co-worker's birthday party or something like that you don't want to do that shit you want to yeah. sit at home doing stuff don't hit sit at home hits and when you got kids it's automatic dude like yeah. you just tell them like all the and kids people ain't know, even mad Right. No, they're not. But then, but the ones that don't have kids, they're telling everybody else, like, poor bastard, man. He can't ever do yeah, nothing. Right. That kid. But you're right. sitting at home in your sweatpants, like, <sighs> that's you no, know, like, dude. it's fucking great. I love it. I, I've had this, go, this back and forth with one of my buddies all week. And it's, it's the same thing you're describing where he, he's texting me. And I do love golf. Don't get me wrong. But he's texting me like pictures of him on the golf course, his rounds or whatever. He's like, what I'm doing while you're at home parenting, LOL. And in his mind, he's like, I'm making him jealous. You know, I, yeah. he wants to do this. I'm rubbing it in because he poor That's old what, pitiful Corey. And and I'm right. go and, and I get it because he don't have kids. And I, exactly a, a two, two weeks ago, I would have thought the same thing. But I'm sitting here going like, you just don't know how much better no, of a time I'm having. Like, that's what I'm saying. That's what, and I'm, and I'm this is the to, hardest part and I'm having a blast. I'm, I'm hoping to get at that exact thing. Cause that yeah. is exactly how it is. Like people with, without kids, they really think they're like, Oh, like I said, a poor bastard. Yeah. Like you say, he thinks he's rubbing it in. Like while you're stuck at home being a dad, I'm doing this. And they genuinely don't realize that like, I, yeah that hits for me like i wouldn't yeah right i don't want to trade places with no but as hard as that is for you to understand i don't want to trade but but like but me and you are obviously in agreement but that's part of i always felt out of out of not out of touch but like that there was a disconnect because like so many yeah it's not just comics i had so many friends too you know some of the people i'm talking about who like yeah you said earlier like i'm proud now i'm proud easy but this was like the first thing i was really proud of when I would say stuff like that, you know, I had friends who also had kids, right? Who would be uh-huh. like, I would say something like, like, yeah, this is the only thing I've done that I, that really means something to me, you know? And they would be uh-huh. like, oh, you're full of shit. That's just what you're supposed to say. That ain't how you really feel. And it used to drive me crazy because I'd always, because I, I would always that. be like, I would always be like, okay, maybe you don't feel that way. I don't know why. I don't know what's yeah, different right, about right, it for right. you, but like, I promise you, I really do, you know? And yeah. so I've just always felt, uh, disconnected from the like the generally accepted funny narrative about having kids is like how much they ruin your are, whole life. And, and jokes, jokes I still jokes like those fine. jokes yeah, and I still like course. those comics. I just never had any interest in doing any of that kind of material. Me either. So now yeah. I'm trying to. I'm currently trying to write a chunk that's like that. And now I'm glad the, I brought it up on here because now that I brought it up on here, people come say I can't do it. Yeah. I'll have uh, to. No, I. Well, I. I have <laughs> to for, now. For I the record, like. mine was a little bit of it. For the record, I'd had the same idea, but it wasn't about kids because I didn't have kids then. It was about my wife and how, and I've talked about this on my podcast before uh, over at parttimefunnyman.com about how, granted, we've only been married for five years, but like I've got, but like I've got buddies who they've been married a year. And the way they talk about their wife, you'd think they'd been married for 35 years and she'd cheated right. on him eight times. And I'm like, bro, if you're like that after a year, because I like, I'm like, a lot of my friends don't understand. I, I married my wife for this crazy reason. Uh, I like spending time with her and I love her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I do, we have arguments of course, but like I, I, I so when me and Amber first got married a couple years in, I was like, I want to do the Ray Romano 
all that stuff except for about how awesome my wife was. But then, you know, we got we were married a little bit longer and it just kind of, you know, soured. But I mean, I uh, love doing those types of jokes with you and Cor- and Drew and Mark, like all my yeah, married dude, buddies. Of course, but I like, know we, that's we're just fun shit. to do. But but yeah, like I yeah, I dude, dude I have no desire to. I shit on Amber or not I, be married. Yeah, dude. I shit on Amber in the thread all the time because we're four right. married dudes and that's what you do. But <clears> like, what you do. y'all know, it's that's just what you do. But like, and I fucking share the best ones with her. But like, yeah. at the end of the day, I'm choosing to be with her and shit. And, and this is not thematic to this show, but we are talking about babies. And I want to take this, if this is the last thing we talk about, uh, my experience as a, as an early, in early fatherhood, it is this. One thing that hit me and it wasn't immediately, but it was probably early yesterday morning after the sleep deprivation really started to kick in and I'm kind of getting delirious and like uh, it, it, it's really weird for those of you that don't have kids. I don't know. It doesn't hit to me, at least it doesn't hit you for the first two days that that's your fucking kid. You keep seeing this baby, you know, like they yeah. keep bringing this baby in. Well, and then we, t- I think we talked about it on well read. I think, I think for women that's different because that baby's been inside them. They have for a, a nine months head start. But, but yeah. for, but for men, yes, it's a hundred percent like that. It does. Yeah. That's why I was telling on, on an episode of well read. I think I was telling you, like I, it, ta- I think for guys, it takes some time to actually like set in, you know, yeah. because you haven't had nine months of it being inside you and everything like she has. So it is yeah. different. It feels like a dream. Like it, it feels like a dream. But then like we got home and then I slept with him a bunch. And again, I'm really around this motherfucker. I mean, I've been around him 24 hours for almost a week. So like we know each other now and I'm really, you know, I've cried a couple times. I've been overcome with emotion. And here's what I want to say. I've never been fond of deadbeat dads and fond oh, of dudes who walk out. I I've know. never been. I've never. I've never been fond of those dudes, sure, but, but now you want more than to ever do with them now, right, dude? I I I, I can't fathom it. It's what it I is. Know. I, can't, I, know. I can't like I, like at first I was like, okay, yeah, you don't want the responsibility or whatever, dude. I'm one of the laziest sacks of shit who just loves to do his own thing on the planet. I. I can't let this motherfucker go. And mm-hmm. like, I'm looking at him and, and like, dude, I was telling my sister-in-law this today. I go, dude, for the first time in my fucking life, all of my dreams are now suggestions. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, like right. I, I still want, I still very much want them, but like, and this will go away. I'm sure. But like I was telling Amber, I said, if you, if someone tomorrow came up to you and said, Amber, we really think you have good managerial skills and we would like you to take over this Fortune 500 company and we're going to pay you $2 million a year. For the first time in my life, I'd go, I would go, I'll not work. I'll, I'll fucking stay home. You know what I mean? Because it's like, I don't. So for a fuck, I don't understand how someone could look at. I don't get it, man. Maybe if they walked out the first day before it all set in, I can kind of comprehend it. But I do not understand how a motherfucker could be with something like that and then go, not for me. Like, dude, yeah, it, it's, I, it's I, unfathomable to me. I know exactly what you mean. Noth- nothing on earth makes me lose respect for a man quicker yeah. than finding yeah. out they have a kid that they don't really have they much don't fuck to do with. with. I, yeah, I, like, I, I don't. I, I, and I've I've known guys I've I've met guys in comedy <laughs> Me and too. Other ways yeah. like, who I thought were super rad or super funny or whatever and then like and then I find that out and I'm immediately like oh damn man that I know, will like I, I will I, I say just, they just immediately pale in my eyes the estimation of them 
yeah, I'll tell you that something's clearly wrong with them. So maybe I can have some sympathy because like there's something off because I don't, I just don't see how you could even make the choice. You know what I Me mean? Neither. Like, I know. I know. Like, I'm in I'm love saying. with this motherfucker. Right. I'm in it's love just, with this motherfucker. I, I don't understand how you could not feel it either. I've always thought that, you know, but we should probably move on. Do the show. POA yeah. type stuff. I hope that yeah. wasn't too saccharine for people. It's an emotional time right now, guys. It I'm is. Sure, you know. So, uh, 20 minutes in, I'll say what we're going to be talking about tonight <laughs> is a uh, Venn diagram for me. I'm talking about lawns slash yards. Uh, obviously, one's fancy, the other one ain't. Uh, we'll talk about them a little bit later. And then Corey's got Professor Cho on the subject of Nebuchadnezzar, right? King Nebuchadnezzar. Yes. Was yeah, lawns I, my suggestion? Yeah, it was one of yours. You gave me a bunch of suggestions, and I'm going to use so all of happy. them, I think, because yeah. <laughs> uh, I was running low, so thank you. Yeah, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar. First, first, and I guess briefly, since we're already 20 minutes in, so I've nah, been- do your thing. I've, I flew back from Bozeman, Montana today. It was my first time in Bozeman. I went up there to do a podcast, another, a different podcast should come out soon. I mean, hell, I guess, I guess I could say it. Should I say it? Yeah, it come you out did it. You, you went and did it. Yeah, I don't think they're going to shit can the episode. That would be wild if they did. Uh, but yeah, I unless did Bernie Eater. Sanders wants to go and they and they snub you, I did the Meat Eater podcast, which is huge in the sportsman and outdoors people world. And I was like, when they asked me to do it, I was like, "You sure you got the right guy?" Because I like I know I know how I sound, but um, yeah, I'm not. I don't know if you know this, but I am not a man, and you guys yeah. are into man stuff. <laughs> But yeah, we had a great time. Steve Rinella, the host of it, he's a great dude, and and it is it was wonderful. But they 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 flew me up to Bozeman and put me up up there for a couple of days, and I'd never been up there, and it's beautiful. And like obviously, especially ever since Yellowstone come out, right? Yeah, everybody know about Montana and stuff. But one thing I just wanted to bring up briefly to you and see how you feel about it is like there's this big trend going on for the past few years now, but it really cranked up in COVID. I feel like where like. Fancy people, or at the very least, people with money, are like yeah. taking over these places, these like nice places that they find out about because they see them on Instagram or whatever. And Bozeman's a great example, but like what used to be a hidden gem, right? Because Bozeman's yeah. up there in the Rocky Mountains, it's fucking beautiful, right? But now people that are from Bozeman are being priced out of being able to live there because of all these like san francisco or california you know people with california money coming up there because oh the cost of living is cheaper and it's great and whatever else and it's like kind of ruining these places and bozeman's just yeah. one of them but uh it's exactly what well, hey, we somebody, did to the native americans <laughs> a bunch of rich people from one place saw a place and was like my god that hits they moved in and made everybody else leave and then ruined the fucking place so from that point of view i'm like yeah it really sucks when that happens but like from the other point of view i go well what's the point of having money if you can't move somewhere the hits you know sure I, and I kept feeling when i was up there like i was like you know because they'll literally say people in bozeman will say something like they'll they'll reference the california people or they'll be like yes you yes. know it's one of these places that caters to the california crowd right it's, it's mm -hmm. california is like the go-to example of the people that are running over bozeman right and so like i kept wanting i kept wanting to be like like if someone's like where are you coming in from i was like 
Los Angeles, but like I'm from Tennessee. I'm from, just so you know, yeah, I'm doing like, a show. Not, not only am I from Tennessee, I wanted to be. I wanted to be like I'm from Tennessee, and also I'm a fucking white trash piece of shit. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm bringing no money to your account. I'm no no class, nothing. Just saying, so you know, I'm not here to ruin anything. Like yeah, matter right. of fact, y'all probably shouldn't even let me in. You know what I mean? Like, but I I was like self conscious about about that because it's like such a thing up there or whatever. And also t- another thing I'll tell you about Bozeman won't surprise you at all white boy yeah, is boy. it white oh yeah lord of mercy is it a white ass place got a got a lot of white stuff going on uh but you know beautiful even the me mountains and, are white me and <laughs> me and you talked about this um because either you had a bit about it or it was a remark you made to somebody but when i was we were talking about how when i you know because i worked at yellowstone uh for a minute like a very brief minute i worked as a chambermaid at the oldest hotel in yellowstone and every day i took care of the dwight d eisenhower presidential suite um and while in Wyoming and the surrounding areas, I just it's the first time in my whole life that I th- I didn't see a black person ever, you know, because I'm from the South. Like, say what you want. All oh, the South is racist. We got them, though. You All know, kinds like, of them. Yeah, right. We got more and, of them than anybody. Not to brag, all right. Yeah, but right. We got, but we, we got more of them than anybody. We're not going right? to get into why, but like we do <laughs> have a ton <laughs> You yeah, know, it's so a mean. it's a mystery for the ages. Why? But we do have a lot. But like uh, and and so like it, it, it is crazy because like you go to those like if, if you look at Wyoming and Montana and like not the California people that move in, but the uh, the OGs that were there. These are rural areas where I met. it. So I met a dude while I was there. He was from Washington State, but the rural part of Washington State and me and him who are from completely different sides of the country had more in common with each other than me and someone from Atlanta who is two hours right. away from me. Right. So, right. so like culturally Absolutely. the Wyoming and the Montana people are exactly like us. Yes. So you see them right. and then they have the fucking audacity to say some shit like all those backward people in the South. And it's they just do. like, yeah, I know. Okay. We, we- we kind of got into that a little bit on the podcast. Again, it was very warm and welcome. There's no hostility whatsoever, but like they wanted to talk to me a lot about the South and stuff and how different it is culturally and all this type of type of shit. And I was happy to do that. But at one point I kind of said, I was, I was like, well, honestly, guys, like I know y'all don't have the accent. Like you, you know, you got a, the Northern accent or whatever. I was like, but you got, I feel like you guys would fit in great. Of like, course. Where I'm from or wherever <laughs> I was, I was like, because dude, there's so much cultural overlap. It's crazy. And I, and I, you know, elaborated on that some and talked about, cause yeah, I feel the same way, but it's like, it, it was kind of eye opening to me realizing it's like even people, and this is not necessarily true across the board, obviously it's a generalization, but like even people who are into a lot of the same shit culturally, but are not from the South. Yeah. Even a lot of those people are yeah. kind of like the South. What's yes. their whole deal? Like, I what, know. Like, what are they about? I and it's know. like, dude, they're about most of the same shit same that shit. you're about, buddy. Different. They just got to draw with it. Like, that's yeah. like literally and, it. 
Yes, they have a draw, and they are the country's scapegoat for this is where all the bad people live, even mm-hmm. though people that vote the exact same way or feel the exact same way live in all these other places. It's just that they don't have somebody to call a slur <laughs> into their face, you know? Yep. But, like, yep. yeah, yeah, dude, like, I when I was in high school, we had this dude move from Wisconsin to Chickamauga, and everybody was like, this is the first time we're ever going to see a Yankee. You know, and dude, this dude, because he he grew up in rural Wisconsin, he put us everyone there to fucking shame with how red he was. It's just that he talked like this, don't you know, and the blah 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 or whatever. And like, it's just a bummer that that guy who was equally as fucking dumb as everyone I knew, if went somewhere different, everybody would hear his accent and be like, he's probably okay. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it was dumbhead. No, no, it don't hit. You're right. But it is back- it, another thing on the other the other end of the spectrum though is like again, Yellowstone, great example. But this is also true in the South, too, though. Like there's like country or sort of red ass type people, yeah. but with money, right? Who have yes, like a lot yeah. of money and they have a lot of and that's another thing too, like that I'll think sometimes it's like, you know, me and you we've talked about getting on horses in uh in yeah. the UK or whatever, but not being versed in horses. And that's the type of thing I feel like people see me, hear me talk or whatever and be like, but he knows about horses, <laughs> but I, but I, yeah. you know, but I want to be like, I'm gonna be like, dude, you know how much fucking money horses cost? Yes. Like I, like, like I have horse money. Like anybody that's like really versed in horses. I mean, well, obviously there's people who work for people who own the horses, you know what I yeah. mean? The cowboys, the hands, the farm hands and stuff. Sure. But I'm saying like, Nobody, hardly nobody in Salina really had horse money. You know what I'm saying? Dude. Like horses ain't cheap, right? Or having a big ass farm and all that shit too, like real country stuff. But it's like, we, my family couldn't afford a fucking farm even if we wanted to be farmers. You know what I mean? Like it's, DJ uh, used to have a bit about that, that, and I can't remember how the whole bit go, but it was basically like how uh, he's like, you know, uh, somebody would accuse him of being redneck. You know, somebody from the North would accuse him of being redneck. He goes, shit, I ain't redneck. Redneck's got money. I'm lower than that shit. They were talking about having F-250s and boats and stuff like that. And he's like, no, no, no. The real fucking trash don't do none of that shit because that shit yeah. costs fucking money. You know what I mean? It, there's there's right. rich people yeah. here. No, he's, you know? he's so right. I mean, yeah, like I like I thought like people calling calling to question my redneck credentials or whatever, which did not happen on the show or anything. But I've thought it's like, really, honestly, the more accurate representation is that I'm Southern white trash. Exactly. You know what I mean? Which to a lot of people equals redneck. And there's a lot of Southern white trash who identifies redneck. And so there's definitely like, you know, a, a lot of overlap there and everything. But that's a more accurate way to describe who I am in my background and everything is yeah. that I'm Southern white trash, really. Yeah, because and I know I say that as though someone else deemed <laughs> me <laughs> the liberal yeah. redneck. You know, like that was my idea. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know who I'm railing against here, but yeah, that's the truth of it. Yeah, yeah. I remember in part of DJ's bit, he was talking about, somebody was like, "Oh, you fucking Southern trash motherfuckers all shop at Walmart." And he's like, "Buddy, anybody that has money to shop at Walmart looks down on me." Do you understand? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but so going back to what you originally stated about, uh, I guess this would be you, you usually only think about gentrification when it pertains to places like Bushwick and Brooklyn, where it's like sort of a maybe a race thing. 
But like what's happening in Montana and, and all these places is like sort of a cultural gentrification thing. Absolutely. And I, and I, it, I mean, not sort of it fucking it is. But like it's really to me, it's the symptom of when something that at first actually sounds like a really good idea comes to fruition and swells up because like Chattanooga, for instance, um, Chattanooga. Uh, which is a great city. It is constantly, and over the past five or six years, it's constantly been named as like one of the top five and six new, uh, new cities to move to in the U.S. Well, buddy, right. I'm here to tell you, and BPP sitting here nodding his head, I know. When I was a kid, Chattanooga was not a place that you fucked with or went. It wasn't like it was. It was a the city, you know, and I and we're from rural where it's like the city. That's where all the drugs and the crime is. But like it was, you know, mm-hmm. and over the years, Chattanooga has gotten really gentrified where a bunch of like uh, uh, apartment mogul people have bought up all this land that used to be public housing and poor housing or whatever and have made these high rises in it. Rich people move in and then the poor people have to go somewhere. And when it's on like at that le- at my point on it being the the symptom of something that at first seems like a good idea it's like everybody can get behind let's clean this place up you know what mm-hmm. i mean let's clean this place up and also let's bring jobs to this area because like when it comes to montana and stuff with all these rich dudes coming in it's like oh this is going to create a lot of jobs because these guys are going to want to come to the ranch and do the dude ranch shit and like there is a brief moment right before what it is now happens where it's just great for everybody where you're like they're coming in and they're giving us all their fucking money this is awesome and then after that you're like holy shit now they're taking all of our money (laughs) we don't have any fucking place to go right yeah, man. I don't know. It's uh it's wild. There was a there was an article in the New York Times even about like the influx of digital nomads, these people that work from home that got money, California money or whatever, into the area where I'm from. And it's it was specifically about Jackson County, which is the neighboring county to Salina. And, and on last episode we talked and I mentioned, I was like, you know, in Clay County, you're like, oh, Jackson County trash, right? Right. But yeah. it's like I don't think that the digital nomads have even made it to Salina yet. Like they got Jack, they got Jackson <laughs> County first. You know what I mean? Y'all got uh, that lake, but it, I know. Yeah. I and know. the largest mouth bass record, the world record, smallmouth bass. That's another thing. I said that on the podcast. I said it all the time home with the world record, smallmouth bass. I said it on that podcast, which is in part a fishing podcast. And then I was like, yeah, I think we got baited. We're no longer the record, but we were. Turns out we still are the record. So nice. I, hey, I sent them a, yeah, according to Google, yeah, still the record. I sent them an email like two hours after I left because I Googled it and I was like, hey, can y'all issue a correction for me? Because I, because <laughs> this is important. To me yeah. and the people of Clay County, all right? That would be the thing like, they got mad at you for, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, I, you know, I, I guess I just assumed that, I guess I just assumed that the universe took that from us as well, you know? Uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah. But anyway, yeah, no, it, it's all over the place. And it, part of me is like, well, how many of these people are there to leave these other places? If they're all leaving, right. why is traffic on the 405 still terrible? And how many different places yeah. can they ruin? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You'd think there'd be an upper limit to it, but it seems to be an epidemic. I don't know. But all right. So with all that said, I guess we'll get into the show now at the 35 minute mark. Um, Yeah. So I'm talking Venn diagram, fancy and trash overlap. They love 
grass at their house. Again, I just like I want to say because, dude, because it's one of those things. Like for fancy people, it's a lawn, right? Yeah, right. But for fucking rednecks, it's a yard, right? And Unless, lawn, it, but it's, it's not yard, yard darts. You know, that's the only time that rednecks call it a lawn is when it's referring yeah. To but darts. if you if somebody's like, "Where's the kids at?" They're not going to say, "Oh, they're out on the lawn." Hell you know no, I mean? they're in the yard. Like they're in, they're in the goddamn yard where they ought be, right? Uh, so I started looking into this. Obviously, we we're talking about the fancy stuff first. Do you know the origin of the lawn? Do you know anything about how the lawn came to be a thing? Like in like society? a like a well constructed lawn, like a like a thing that's not just we just happen to have some grass. Well, I mean, you know, grass had to be like like outside of like the savannas of Africa or whatever. You had to like make a conscientious choice to, to ha- that's have true. grass surrounding true. your property. Right. Oh, okay. Like, Is it, it, it don't just work like that. You got to make that happen. And do you uh, know why people started making that happen? Okay. Is the answer happy or sad? It's just very raven. It's very typical when it comes to rich people. I, uh, oh, it's uh, somewhat funny. I so would they, say. so they could, because someone thought of polo or someone thought of croquet. Well, it's weird you say that. So actually put a pin in that. I'll go okay. back to what I was going to say a minute ago, but technically the first like expanses of, of like big areas of grass, they were because of sports and, okay. and including early sports. Like people yeah. made an effort to make a big expanse of like maintained grass so that they could play early sports on them. The very first known reference to the act of sodding, you know, so to make yeah. them like a big grassy area is was in Japan in 1159, actually. Really? Because they were, yeah, playing some kind of Japanese sport over there. I don't know. But then, like, cricket comes from the 1200s, 1300s. So and that's India, make, right? No, that was, I, I don't know if it originated in England. England brought cricket to India when they took oh. over and colonialized them, made them us and all that stuff. Well, you see, know, I just to. assumed it was the opposite. I assumed that India did it and they took it from them as they did everything else. No, it went the other way around, actually, I'll with cricket damned. in particular. But yeah, it's it's an English thing. And, I, and so the earliest known examples of, like I said, purposefully maintained areas of grass, right? Were for sports like cricket and whatever the hell else they were playing back then. But what I was getting at, the reason lawns became a thing was because like with everything else, they were a status symbol. Yes, of course. the, The wealthy classes, and they still are a status symbol, but they first landed on this idea in the 17th century, right? And the reason why is because they built castles were coming down. Obviously, they still they're ate up with castles over there. I'm not saying they're not, but like in like the 17th century, they started transitioning from like castles to like big, nice manor houses, like Downton Abbey shit, right? Yeah. So they were the landed gentry's making these big manor houses. Part of it is they want everybody to see, of course, their 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 manor house in all its glory. So you can't have a bunch of trees and and brushes and and crops and shit obscuring the view of your luxurious manor house that defeats the fucking purpose right but they also realized that you know land is obviously an incredibly valuable resource it was then it still is now they wanted everybody to know that they owned all this land 
but right. they would never deign to do something as lowly as farming it for food, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, oh, wow. Fa- like, fa- yeah, that was like, that was the message they were sending everybody else. They're like, you see all this land I got? I ain't, I don't even farm don't even shit use on it. that. I don't, I don't even use it. I don't need to use it. I got, I got people to do that for me. I got farmers. All right. They know their place. They got, you know, they work in my lands too, but these lands around my house. So I don't need, I don't need it for nothing. I just got it cause I want it. And that was a way to like prove that by just making it having lawn, it just right. filled I, with grass so and not using it for anything useful. Right. Right. So essentially they build their big ass fucking nice house. Right. The inside's fucking immaculate, but they are, we have to make the outside reflect how much money we have, too. And at one point, they did everything they could do to the outside of the house, and were like, I can't prove that I hit any harder. And they go, well, fuck, we got to cut down all this grass, because that's yeah. the only, that's the next level before we get into, like, an ornate gold mailbox to show how hard I hit. Right. Pretty much. And so... The first people to have these big, you know, like meticulously maintained lawns were uh, landowning nobility, right, in Western Europe and shit. And uh, or at least that's the Western version of the history. A lot of times yeah. you, I feel like almost all I feel like almost all the time you find out that China had been doing some shit we claim for like 500 years before we ever started doing it. But we're just kind of as a society, we're like, well, that don't count, you know, like we, they got their stuff, but we it's, know what we're about, right? It's like Old Testament, New Testament. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're but, like, yeah, we don't fucking read that shit. No, but so anyway, in terms of Western civilization, that's the story of it. And obviously, like with a lot of things we talked about, so this becomes a symbol of wealth and of status, right? So other people want people like in, you know, the classes below, like what would be middle-class people, merchants and shit who were not yeah. high born, whatever people that wanted to like emulate the nobility. They wanted big yards too. Right. Everybody did. Cause it's like, Oh, you know, I want to show that I'm doing well or whatever. Uh, big lawns, excuse me. I might and not what, can have a nice house, but I can at least manicure this motherfucker. And what made that attainable was when like lawnmowers became a thing. Uh, in the, in the 1800s, like in the early 18, obviously they weren't, they weren't running on gas and shit yet. It was the old school type of lawnmower right in the 1800s they came out with. And so now it gives any regular Joe the ability to like maintain a lawn. Right. And so that's what started the sort of just the cultural trend of if you got, you're a homeowner, whatever, you got to have a nice lawn, right. It propagated out from there basically. Right. Is pretty much the origin of it that's how it came to be a thing did you know my dad is missing a finger because of a lawnmower no but i mean that's a (laughs) that's like i'm pretty sure that's like a in the georgia boy scouts that's a badge you get Uh, (laughs) yeah it was back when a very short story it was back when the lawnmowers were just the rotating blade that you pushed you know like that's one that's the types i'm talking about yeah 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 i figured it was that's what made me think of this but like he was like two years old 
and he was just out in the yard trying to fucking do it, and he fell forward, and it actually cut these two fingers off, but they were able to sew this one back on, and now he only, he has half of a finger right here, so anytime Dad wanted to tell me it was 2.30, he would be like, "It's." I would say, what time is it? And he would be like, it's, you know. <laughs> oh, that works. Yeah, I like <laughs> yeah. that. But yeah, but before, before those came out in the 1800s, like to maintain a lawn, you had to either have, you know, indentured servants yeah. a shitload of goats right yeah, yeah. The or a whole lot of or a whole yeah. lot of time and a scythe right yeah. and like people like working people they didn't they didn't have none of those things no. right so like you couldn't have a lawn and so the invention of the early lawnmower is what led to the propagation of like lawns being a thing the way they are but back in the day when they became a thing i said like it started amongst the wealthy and it was a status symbol what always happens with these status symbols amongst the wealthy when they become a thing, it becomes a pissing contest. Competition, right? like, yeah. Always. They got to compete. I'm fancier than you. No, I'm fancier than you, motherfucker. Of course, none of them talk like that, but you know but what no. I mean. <laughs> uh, and so that happened with lawns too, right? And I got the first thing I want to talk about is actually, no, no, we'll do this one first. So like one example is a uh, topiary. You know, yeah. topiary is you do know yeah, it's like you, you make yeah, a right. bush look like a ball. Exactly. Or an elephant or whatever. Yeah. 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 Right. Topiary. Yeah. And that actually, apparently topiary as an art form dates back to the Romans, as many things do. That checks and out. None other than Julius Caesar is credited with popularizing the idea of topiary. Right. Because he was a. Uh, he was introduced by this guy, Gaius Matthias Calvinus. Calvinus. Oh, yeah, Gaius whatever. Matthias Calvinus, yeah. Everybody knows him, yeah, right. Yeah. Who was like GTC. the- uh, Yeah, he was like the Sugar Hill gang of making bushes into <laughs> animals, right? Like he was <laughs> the Grandmaster Flash of making a <laughs> making a bush hippo, right? Uh, Used so, the same shears to cut fucking Caesar's piss poor hair, too. Guarantee it. <laughs> yeah, so, and I went, so Caesar met that guy- Caesar adopted it. When Caesar adopted it, it became a big thing. And topiary was like very popular back then. I, and then the M Roman Empire dies out. Topiary kind of gets lost too. It comes back in the Renaissance, like a lot of things did, right? And so uh, it became, you know, again, a way to like, no, you know, uh, what you got? A bunch of squares and pyramids and shit. <laughs> I, don't I got I got lions, motherfucker, <laughs> lions and eagles and all kinds of bush fauna, right? <laughs> Like it was a way to flex, right? In the 1700s, it became passe for some reason. Like it just fell out of fashion, right? Like it became tacky to yeah. do it in the 1700s. And it's not that it had a massive resurgence. It's not like every rich person is making a fucking, you know, shining maze or a, yeah. you know, a, a, a flock of Canadian geese out of their bushes. <laughs> but like, but to the extent that it came back at all, it was brought back by none other than Walt Disney in Disney hey, World in the 50s and 60s. He brought Topiary to America's main stage because they had they made all their trademark characters, Mickey and Minnie and them, out of bushes and shit at Disney World. Yeah. And that's credited with kind of like bringing it back to the fore in as much as it ever got back brought back to the fore. But... In terms of the flexing and the competition amongst rich people with their loans, the best thing that I found, and I gotta get, I gotta give a shout out to our former producer Russ here. He, uh, I hope he's doing well wherever he's at. 
he he actually mentioned this to us on an early episode and neither you nor I knew what he was talking about. <laughs> and he and he proved to us its existence. But because we didn't know what he was talking about, we were just like, well, that's wild. And we moved yeah. on. Right. We don't but know something. Up, don't hit. But in the prayer, exactly. I'm going to talk about something I don't know about. That wouldn't be like me. <laughs> that that's wouldn't not my be whole the entire my whole career. career. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but anyway, and it's, it's the OG garden gnomes, which were, you know, like yeah. garden gnomes are a thing, right? You got yeah. your gnomes in your garden. Yeah. Those used to be real people. Uh, they were garden <laughs> hermits. Garden hobos, as it were. A hobo in your yard was once considered the height of status amongst the landed gentry in Western Europe. How utterly ridiculous and horrifying is the past at every single everything. turn, right? You th- everything. It's wild. Do you think that'll make a comeback? Because, you know, some things like, you know, topiary, it was gone, then it came back. Like, do you think there will ever, like, you know, we're inching, uh, inching ever closer to a, a, a somewhat uh, terrible world controlled by 1% of people that like to do horrible things. Do you think fucking garden gnomes are going to, as people are going to come back? I- I think that I guarantee you that there's people out there like like there's like Bezos and Musk and whoever yeah, probably Musk, would yeah. love to have like <laughs> you know a mangy performance artist yeah. outside of their at house their just at their disposal like Throwing that would probably hit for them. them. <laughs> but I think that for now they know better because like they also would love to just have slaves, right? Yeah, but right. Like, yes, not well, gonna, and they they kind of do, but yes. Right, uh, but they're not going to pitch. Let's bring back slavery. Okay, They'll do everything okay. up until that point. But Hold so on, I think me, that's where garden hermits. I think they exist in a similar okay. realm right now. Let, let me let me give it to you this way. Have you ever seen Elon Musk's house? No, I haven't either. Right, I haven't okay. either. And okay. I bet you it's like very heavily guarded. You know what I'm saying? Like he's probably on like some sort of compound. Well, don't you think that? If Elon Musk, his house probably really hits, and he's very famous. Don't you think that if we could see it, we would see it right now? My point yeah. is, do you mean what it's if like he's got them? Good, yeah, I know. I hear you because it's like remember when we did the the when I did boats and I talked about yeah. the super yes. yachts and the mirrors. Some of the super- that- some of the super yachts have mirrors and lasers and stuff, which yes. disable cameras and shit from like being. So it's like we're not even allowed to gaze and, upon their hits. And Elon right? Musk so, has more money than any of those fucking people. Right. So, yeah, you might be right. He might have some garden hobos, dude. Wouldn't I wouldn't I'm, doubt it. Can But well, just knowing how ridiculous the past is now these people were like, do you have a guess at like why that became a thing? Um. It's all right well, if you don't, because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Okay, I was opinion, I was about to say like if it's probably the way you're pitching it to me means that there's really no practical reason for it, so there's no way logically. No. I'm and that, well, get that's to all it. like shit that has no practical reason is like that's some of the shit that's that hits their the whole most thing. Yeah, yeah, that's their so whole no, thing, I, right? Like I that's how no you know you hit. Yeah. So they're in this pissing contest with each other about whose lawn hits the hardest, who had the better lawn art and stuff like that. And so they started getting into, they'd have these expansive ornate gardens and all this stuff, and they would use them to like reflect not just how much they hit, but also (laughs) they'd try to use them as like 
commentaries on the human condition. Like, oh, this is this represents this represents happiness or fulfillment or whatever yeah. that type of thing. And they realized it was hard to use stuff that hits to represent the human condition <laughs> of of melancholy. Right? They wanted to represent melancholy as well. Right? Because the elites at that time viewed melancholy an inspective form of sadness, an introspective form of sadness. They viewed it as like, like a mark of romantic. intelligence. Yeah, right? romantic, they romanticized yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Like that that old boy Diogenes or whatever. We that still do. Homo yeah. philosopher. Yeah, talked about sort of like that. They looked at it like that. So yeah. they wanted I something. Think we in their still lawn. do to a degree. Yeah. No, I hear you. Yeah, I agree. You're right. Uh. They wanted something in their lawn that represented that, and that's how they landed on yard hobos, right? So they wanted somebody who looked kind of like Diogenes out there, <laughs> who people would look at and be like, that poor, wise bastard, right? Like, <laughs> in a barrel. Well, in a barrel. Like, what? what's he know that we don't, don't. right? So yeah. like, that's what they were trying to get at. So they would put these articles or not articles, they would put these ads in the papers at the time, right? Seeking, you know, uh, Earl seeking Earl, yeah. yard Earl. vagrant, right? Earl yeah, seeking right. Earl, Earl seeking Earl. Yeah, right. Uh, and this is a this is this is from an article I found in All That's Interesting, it's called. And that this is a this is a a quote from one of these ads, right? This is a direct quote from one of these ads. It says, he shall be, he shall be provide the applicant. If they are successful in their application shall be provided with a Bible optical glasses. Cause you know, you gotta have glasses. <laughs> if you're going to be wise. Right? Reading the Bible. Yeah. A Bible optical glasses, a mat for his feet. Nice. <laughs> a, uh, hassock for his pillow. I guess it's like a, Old timey pillowcase. I don't know. Yeah, an hourglass for a timepiece. Water for his beverage. Nice, better than nothing <laughs> for his beverage. Like, uh, and food from the house. He must like wear. That. He must wear a camlet robe and never, ever under any circumstances. I'm quoting this directly. Must he be permitted to cut his hair, beard, or nails? <laughs> stray beyond the limits of our master's grounds <laughs> or exchange one word with any of the servants or people. So they've got to be, he can't even talk to the servants. Jesus no. Christ. Cause then he might, then he might, uh, appear to not be melancholy. He's a dumbass. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you can't let him talk. You got like, you got fucking Diogenes or wore out, shot out Charles Darwin. Look at motherfucker like meandering around your lawn, but then he comes up and he, you know, and he's like, you got eight bucks to eat, you know, or whatever. And it's like, a fucking, <laughs> you need some of, extra mud. Yeah. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. 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 God, nice mud over here. <laughs> right. Like it <laughs> kind of ruins the, the mystique. allure, the yeah. mystique. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. And, uh, Oh God damn. So they, they would either they have a little shack or like a cave, it says, somewhere on the property. Cave, That's where yeah. they lived. And they were offered up to guests as a silent physical symbol of solitude and the ever nearness of death. Right. My uh, the God. key function of their job was <laughs> say not that again. interacting. Say that, say that last part again. The, a physical the- <laughs> symbol of solitude and the ever nearness of death. Uh, 
Banksy. So, yeah. Yeah. That's right. amazing. Says his their key job function was not interacting with guests. Right. <laughs> uh like I'm qualified. The by the do. way. They just stand out there with like a a knotty wooden cane <laughs> shaking slightly like this, you know, while their beard like gently blows in the wind and they, they stare in the general direction of the, the visitors with a thousand yard stare and people are like, God damn, he's fucking nailing it. That's, yeah. That is a melancholic motherfucker right there. Oh. I got to get me one of them. Where'd you get him? So wise, right? Oh. And then uh, as pe- as time went on, people eventually realized like, hey, this is kind of fucked up. And then so they were <laughs> like, well, we got to have something out there. And that's when they started uh, producing like Actually, ceramic no. garden yeah. gnomes and stuff. Yeah. To like fill that, that is slot, but without having a beating heart. <laughs> I know, can't believe Russ brought... I can't believe Russ brought what you just set up and we were like, ah, fuck this. Because that's insane. Like, that's that's <laughs> truly insane. Yeah. So, one other thing I'm just going to say real real briefly, what they're doing now, what rich people are doing now when it comes to lawns is that they're, uh, or I'm not saying they all are, but a big thing in that world is trophy trees. Uh, okay. There's a dude in, in Miami whose whole entire job is uh, procuring these trophy trees for rich people. They'll, so it's like, can I guess what it is? Yeah, sure. Okay. It's where someone finds out that there's a tree that really hits somewhere else and they move <laughs> it like a house. <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah, really you pre- nice. yeah, you pretty much nailed it. Yeah. You get it. So yeah, yeah. that's, that's exactly what they do. That's um, great. Because it's like, also, you know, they build a new house or whatever. They take over this mansion and it's like, I need some ancient trees. You know what I mean? That's the one thing this is missing. And it's like, and that's the thing. It's like, I don't care how rich you are. You can't make a tree grow to a hundred feet overnight. Right. So they were just like, well, just go dig up somebody else's tree and bring it to me. (laughs) And that's exactly what, that's exactly what happens. They'll pay up to a quarter of a million dollars or more to transport these like, you know, old oak trees or whatever else from their original location to their yard. And they dig them up by the roots, every single root, making sure not to kill the tree. They get cranes and shit. They'll, and they transport them by boat up river, however else, and then replant it in rich people's yards, which I just thought it's, was kind of interesting. And it's also no, well, not only is it interesting, it's actually remarkable that it works. You know what I mean? Like that a tree right. The tree is a fucking living thing, you know, mm-hmm. and like, obvious, like, I don't know, man, that's kind of <laughs> crazy that you could take it from somewhere that like, you know, it's used to a certain soil and that's how this tree fucking grows. And then you could just take it, put its roots down and ostensibly the tree just wakes up and goes <laughs> like he's back on again. You know what I mean? Cause like, it's, right. it, how does that not kill it from, I mean, if we're to yeah. believe that trees breathe and stuff like that it was choked out for at least the duration of the trip that's fucking wild man it is trees are tough baby so before we move on just briefly because you and i both want to uh you know get back to our children and stuff and i want to hear about nebuchadnezzar in terms of white trash or in terms of trashy people you know again it's not a lawn it's a yard but yards hit for for trash and rednecks too primarily the mowing of yards rednecks love oh, yeah. mowing i used to wonder what that was about but i always love mowing too and i i one of the um 
rationales I had later. It was like, we, we briefly touched on it earlier. Like, oh, I'm glad to be here doing this while she's like, yeah. If you're out mowing, it's like a break kind of. Yeah, exactly. Everything. You just go out and you just zone out. You just mow the yard and there's something nice or something zen. Dude, my dad would mow. My dad would mow a freshly mown lawn when I was a kid and I never understood yeah. it. I was like, you just did it yesterday. What the fuck? Yeah. But trash also have other things in their yards. One of my all time favorite uh, Foxworthy joke. For, if you might be a redneck jokes. If you've ever mowed your yard and found a car, <laughs> you might be a redneck. Because, like, that's some of the hallmarks of white trash yards. Yeah. Uh, old beat-up car that don't work. A grimy-ass play set that their children are 10-plus years too old for. Yep. Right? Deflated sports balls. Flamingos. Flamingos. Yeah. Like, various accoutrement in order to trash a yard up. Um it's just something about like they like to mow the yard, but picking up the yard, not a big fan of. You the know what car, I, mean? I kind of get a little bit where it's like as often it was a car that used to maybe kind of hit. You know, that's like, what well, it's not that it hit. We, I mean, we had one of those at my house in Salina. Yeah. It was my, it was my, uh, it was my first vehicle, eighty nine Nissan pickup, <laughs> and I loved that truck. But then, like sometime after I moved out, whatever, it just broke down and stopped working, and they leave it there. That in the yard, yeah, and then it just stayed in the yard, and you know, leave it like <laughs> for a long time. It's not there anymore, but yeah, we're back. Oh, okay, you froze. I'm sorry. That's all right. You froze to me, but that's okay. I said okay, that. Uh, just the trip. My first truck ended up being a yard vehicle yeah. uh, at my house. Yeah, it's one of those where you're just like, well, we'll eventually fix it or do something with it. And then it just sits there and you don't. And you're like, well, at least I want people to know that we used to have a car. You know what I mean? But dude, so the yard just, hits, man. The yard is like yard does cornhole. Because I did, uh, I did do an episode on yard games, right? And the yeah. overlap between those. But it's, yeah, like, dude. Bennett, you got your buddies over because there's a football game either now or later. Either way, before or after the football game, you end up in the yard drinking beers, throwing stuff at other stuff, or just standing in a circle, King of the Hill style, standing in line and just talking shit or whatever. It's just like the yard is just uh, well, the yard's a nice place to be. Well, I dude, love a good yard. Speaking or a of bad yards, yard, I, all yards are good. I mm-hmm. tomorrow I get to have a yard day. Me and Amber actually I didn't even know you were talking about this, but we're having a yard day tomorrow. So uh and this is normal, everything's fine, but our baby is just a touch jaundiced, you know, because he was yeah, early that and that's happens. just how it happens yeah. and it's fine. And we went to the doctor today and they're like, it's not so bad that we need to put him in an incubator, but it's supposed to be good weather tomorrow. So maybe open a window, get him some sunlight or whatever. Well, it's supposed to be really pretty. So Amber was like, hey, what about tomorrow? We just take the baby out and hang out outside in the yard. And she was like, I can sit there with him. We can take turns holding him and you can like practice your chip shots in the yard. So I'm going to be hanging out with my son hitting golf shots in the yard in the sun tomorrow. And I've genuinely not been this excited about something in my life because it's a yard. Yards hit. Yards do hit. Universally agreed upon. Yards do hit. Um, Yeah, well, you know, I think yards hit is a great place to end the conversation on yards (laughs) and uh, move into Nebuchadnezzar. So, yeah, this history professor show on the subject of Nebuchadnezzar uh, I he's from the Bible, right? Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. The main thing I know about Nebuchadnezzar <laughs> is that 
uh, Morpheus's ship was named after him in the Matrix. That's genuinely, genuinely the first thing that comes to my head. If you say the word Nebuchadnezzar, I think of Morpheus's ship. That's the first thing I think of. Well, that's good that you don't so know. So tell the- me about him. Yeah, no, I would I would absolutely love to. So born to King Nabopolassar and Queen Nitocris, Nebuchadnezzar II was the longest reigning king of the Neo-Babylonian Empire, the Neo-Babylonian Empire, ruling from 605 the Keanu, BC. The Keanu-Babylonian yes. <laughs> yeah. Empire. Oh, it works. It I love mm-hmm. that. Ruling from 605 BC to 562 BC. His name, this this was interesting because I was like, Nebuchadnezzar, what the fuck? What's the translation for that? His name means, oh God, Nabu, defend my firstborn son. That's what Nebuchadnezzar means, which is. Who was, who's Nabu? I don't know. I should have looked that up. <laughs> Is that I'm, just like I'm, the dad's bodyguard? He was so freaked yeah, out when the baby was born. He was just like, Nebuchadnezzar! So, you know, I, I don't know. I did that kind of Italian-y. I don't know why, but... Uh, hey, Nebuchadnezzar! Yeah. yeah. This is this this is how sleep-deprived I am, because in normal notes, I would have been like, you need to look up who Nebu is, but I definitely didn't do, do that. So, you you know, you, the word Babylon gets thrown out a lot, like it's uh, in a lot of movies, you know, like, oh, we're going to Babylon and, you know, fucking Babylon is like used as like a like a, it's like, a, I guess, a synonym for some place that hits, you know. Yeah, it's like uh, the first to, the first great city of human civilization. Yes. Right. Is yeah. Babylon. And it was. Yeah. Yes. And like reading about it, it's like it, it's kind of like how I would write Wakanda. You know what I mean? Like. Like, right. e- like yeah. back then, everything was so fucking primitive. Like, e- like back in those days, usually even the most civilized thing to our standards now would be extremely primitive. Right. But like Babylon did not seem like that. Like it, it, it was like it was like a sort of Wakanda, like a future town. And here's where this is, just in case you because I, I didn't fucking know this. I should have known because it's Bible stuff. But the Babylonian Empire stretches from the Persian Gulf in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. It included mm-hmm. modern day Iraq, uh, mm-hmm. Iran, Syria, Jordan and Israel, a place that has been conflict free from mm-hmm. the dawn of time, nothing really Generally recognized as a utopia to which we should all <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> make our aim, strive. That's what I was looking exactly. for. Yes. So, so as you can imagine, Babylon was a super hierarchical society. You know, you had uh, the kings and all his lords, and then, like, unless you were like one of the textile, like a hardcore, I own the factory textile merchant. You were a peasant who uh, tended the wheat fields until, as as you like to say, uh, until you slipped in some mud and coughed to death, mm-hmm. right? That was mm-hmm. pretty much You'll their... They did, they did have a badass army, though, which to me, it goes without saying when you're talking about a place that's referred to as an empire uh, but they had a wonderful army. Uh, they conquered many territories, including Judea, Egypt, and tell me if you know what this place is, Assyria. Maybe it's maybe that's now I, Syria. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that I'm right. I always pronounce that that in my head as uh, Assyria. Assyria. But I, Assyria. But okay, that's how I an Italian no would say right. Syria. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, Assyria. Assyria. Yeah, I, 
It it might be Assyria. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I've just assumed yeah somewhere around where Syria be nowadays. I know that yeah, they were exactly. also a they were also a like an ancient civilization. That's you know around that same time. That's all I know about them. Right. So to to sort of make Nebuchadnezzar fit with the theme of the show, he was like he was obviously the king, and he was one of those like uh, I feel like there are there are kings who like. Okay, in Game of Thrones, Robert Baratheon is, of course, he has all the everything at his disposal, but you wouldn't really call him like a fancy king. He was more like of a conquering king, you know, like, of course, he had the whores and he had the wine and he had the kingdom, but it didn't see like Robert Baratheon like he, he wasn't someone that was like, give me all the frills and stuff. He was just like, give me some pussy and some mead and go shut the fuck up. And a up. turkey leg. Yeah. And a turkey leg, right? There was those kings who were like, it was enough for them just to be powerful. But Nebuchadnezzar was one of those, like, everything will be a monument. We're going to have fucking gold. We're going to do all this shit. He was the type of dude that, like, he had, you know, probably one of the first dudes uh, in written history, at least, for kings that had, like, a menagerie of exotic animals around him mm. at all times, you know, like he was like, he got a tiger guy. He got a zebra guy. Uh, right. This is the desert. I assume iguanas. You know what I mean? Bro, he got, he uh, was a real trendsetter in that regard. Agreed. To, th- agreed. to this day, to this yeah. day, people that hit, they want a menagerie. You know, well, you can ask young thug about that, it. All right. They, like that, they want a menagerie. That's what I was going to, yeah, Liger. That's what I was mm-hmm. going to bring up is that, like, I don't obviously know that he was the first one, but he's definitely one of the first ones who sets the precedent for, I'm a king, I need a giraffe, you know, or right. an elephant exactly. or all that. Like, that, yeah. it's not, it's sort of like the lawn. It's like, I know my kingdom hits and all that, but I got to go a step further. I need to have a monkey. I need a monkey. You know, yeah, I think um, they have like wild hippos in Colombia today because Pablo Escobar was like, yep, I need some do. hippos around this motherfucker. Yep. I mean, like yep. I hit and people know I hit, but they'll really know I hit if I got some hippos out here. So that's I mean, bring I me say, some hippos. And then he I got say, hippos. I say that's 100 percent true, but I'm also fairly certain it was you that told me that. So maybe it's not. But, yeah, I don't know. But, I heard that somewhere. <laughs> Who the hell knows? <clears throat> He was also, though, like, you know, we in, in a very early episode, I want to say that it was actually it might have been episode one that I talked about Henry the Eighth. Was that episode one? Who knows? It doesn't matter. It was a very um, early episode for sure. Yeah, I was talking about Henry the Eighth in regards of like how he was a king, but at the same time, he was also like very artistic and like, you know, he he composed music and he painted and like he had other skills. He wasn't just like the. My daddy was the king, therefore, you know, like he he was kind of a, a, a rad dude. And Nebuchadnezzar was apparently similar, but his uh, his like art was architecture. He was apparently like very gifted with like how to build shit, how to draw stuff up, how to make blueprints. Uh, it's said that he was the architect of the Hanging Gardens of Babylon, which I don't... Yes. Yes. One of the seven wonders of the ancient world. Yeah. That is exactly right, Trey. I've always wanted wanted to be able to visualize those in my head. I've always been fascinated with the wonders of the world. Right there. That's what they say they look like. Uh, Yeah. I mean, that's pretty sweet. It, dude, it's fucking very sweet when you think about the time that it was and like Mm. how many slaves... I was was about to say, as we've discussed before... (laughs) 
the answer is always slaves. Like slaves. if you got enough slaves to throw at something, you can really get some shit done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even yeah. back then. So so he was uh he was known for uh his religious reforms back in the day. Like so Babylon was a very polytheistic um world, which this is why this is even in the Bible. This is why Babylon's brought up in the Bible is for contrast. Like to they they point out that like this is a bad place because they were polytheistic, meaning that they believed in a bunch of different gods. And it was like reported that they believed in upwards of like 2,200 gods like they were you know it was like the Romans and shit like that like every single there wasn't a god that did everything everything had its own god you know what I mean like yeah, right. the, sun, yeah, yeah. the sun was a god the water had a god all that shit um, and so he got really heavy into this god called Marduk uh, which he was associated with the planet Jupiter his symbol was a spade or oftentimes a hoe uh, which represented him as the god of agriculture and virility, which is like, frankly, not badass. You know, don't really hit for me. Uh, I mean, fucking wear, is badass. A, you know, yeah, fucking is badass. Yeah, fucking is badass. That's that's for sure. Uh, yeah. He carried a, he, ain't badass, but you know, but hose, yeah, having but a bunch hose, of hose. Dude, that's a hundred percent true. Way, way different things, uh, but yeah, both badass for sure. Uh, so I was, and I while I was reading about Mar, the Marduk feller uh, earlier today, I came across a, a quote from somebody or a, a passage that was like, you know, uh, uh, regardless of the fact that Nebuchadnezzar was a Marduk man, uh, he was, st- and I'm paraphrasing, but like regardless of the fact that Nebuchadnezzar was a Marduk man, he was still tolerant of his subjects' religions and allowed them to worship as they please. But I know of at least one story from the Bible that very much proves this completely wrong, and I will uh, share it later. But first, let's get into what he did to the Jews. All right. Mm, so, <laughs> so, which I think may this, this, by the way, we were talking about, you know, Iran and, 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 and all that that area of how there's like a lot of grief and strife like if if the bible is to be believed it started with this motherfucker like this is kind of the linchpin of like all of that shit um so the king of judea at the time was this dude named and i know i'm getting this wrong but jehoiachin jehoiachin and he was super young, inexperienced, and Nebuchadnezzar was just like, okay, you know what? Uh, it's go time, motherfucker. So he takes over Jerusalem, which that's the capital of Judea. He then installed a puppet king named Zedekiah, who was forced to pay tribute to Babylon all the time. So like he's, you know, he's Judea's king, but realistically, it's like, you know, when, oh yeah, George Bush was the president, it was Dick Cheney. You know what I'm saying? So... This dude eventually is like, man, I'm treating my people wrong. This is fucking bullshit. So he rebelled and joined forces with Egypt. Was like, look, I'm Egypt. Y'all got my back. Nebuchadnezzar's trying to pull some shit. But if we join forces, y'all are Egypt. Y'all are badass. And Nebuchadnezzar fucked both of them up. <laughs> like, he, they, he was just like, oh, okay, right on. You brought your friends. That's great. Mm-hmm. So he Is this your bo- boy? Quote, yeah. Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> So he, so Nebuchadnezzar like exiles all the Jews from Judea. Like he takes over and move 
Yeah. Right. The Jews being exiled. And this is mm -hmm. where like you could like one could argue that like, you know, they're sort of <laughs> I'm just, like their whole. Yeah. God damn it. How it's so hard to talk about the Jews sounding it like is. I sound. You know what I mean? It's a bit of but, a minefield. Yeah, I know. But yeah, no, he was also a trendsetter in that part, way. Trendsetter in that okay. way. Like fucking menageries and exiling the Jews. the Jews. He really yeah. set the standard because yeah, something that two things that would have real staying power when in the I history say, of civilization. <laughs> when I say this, please understand that I'm on the side of the Jews. Of but course. Like, this sort of started the Jewish cultural identity of being exiled and oppressed. And like, I, they so deserve Nebuchadnezzar it. Nebuchadnezzar is to blame for the millennia-long history of Jewish oppression? Now, listen. Because I've always kind of wondered, I've always but sort of in my head been like, Man, what is everybody's deal with the Jews? <laughs> like, well, people just, uh, the Jews have really been put no, through it. Where did this come from? You're telling me it's Nebuchadnezzar who was like, I'm, hey, y'all, we got to do something about this. And then I'm the whole not, rest of the world for 3,000 years was like, he's right. We do. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not saying that. The Bible is saying that, right? Right. Okay. And the Bible is saying that, which means it could be horseshit because I want to tell you this. Basically, every it, take all of this with a grain of salt, because with Nebuchadnezzar, whereas like Caesar was talked about in the Bible, but there's also records of Caesar existing outside of the Bible. Basically, every major uh talking about of Nebuchadnezzar is in the Bible. Like that's the only shit that we know about Nebuchadnezzar is from the Bible. And it's from the book. Like he was in several books, but there's the book of Nebuchadnezzar and Nebuchadnezzar wrote that shit. And I will, that's I will explain it. I, it is, but I'll explain to you why he was allowed to do it for the Bible here in a second. I know, I know we got to go. King, right. He, Fucking. well, he, it, he is, but like, so, so I told you. Also, I love uh, that you said all the historical talkings about were from, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, records. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I'm saying it's it's all from the. Yeah, I'm I'm tired. I know, but, but it, that, but that, yeah, I'm just saying that hit for me. You're like every instance of talking about that this motherfucker has was from the Bible. <laughs> yes, that's you said it better than me. So, or you said it exactly the same way I said it. I so, <laughs> uh, so here's the thing. He exiles the Jews. He goes over and he's like, Judea don't hit, Jews don't hit, whatever. But he did take one thing from the Jewish people with him. He goes over there and for the first time ever, he discovers monotheism, right? He gets over there and he is astounded by the fact that they believe it's just one motherfucker. And he's like, wait, no, we have like 2000. And they're like, no, it's just one motherfucker. And instead of being like, no, nah, that ain't real. It sort of like gave him some insight. And he was like, oh my God, it's one person. God is that's one way person. easier. Like, that's, <laughs> instead yes. of praying to this dude, whenever I farm and this dude, whenever I drink wine and this dude, whenever I fucking, <laughs> yes. you know, have a baby. Yes. Now I can just pray the same dude all the time. Yes. Thank you, Jews. Now yes. die. Is that what he <laughs> so, said? See, I mean, in Yiddish. Yeah. But yeah, like right. he so you would think that you were like, oh, my God, Nebuchadnezzar found out that there was only one true God and he was the God of everything. Therefore, he started worshiping the Jewish God. No, he decided, yes, there is only one God that makes the most sense. And that God is me. 
I'm God. Yeah. So he comes back to his people and he's like, yeah. by the way, I, I I went on a darkness retreat. Guess what the Jews and- said? <laughs> yeah. I don't believe this. <laughs> I went on a darkness retreat in Israel and turns out I'm God. So he goes back and where he used to be very tolerant of everybody's religion because it seemed like they were all making it up. He's like, ah, you, this God, that God, what the fuck ever. He then forced everyone to stop worshiping all the gods that they worship and instead worship him. Like he made golden statues of himself and he made everybody Mm -hmm. pray to him and shit. Mm -hmm. And uh, this, this is actually where the most famous Nebuchadnezzar story comes from that I know you know about. I know you know about it, but you probably didn't know it was uh, Nebuchadnezzar. So as I said, false idols or something. It's no, it's that it's like the golden calf. That's an opposite one, but it's it's similar here. Uh, So as I said, he commanded all the people in his kingdom to bow down and worship a golden statue that he'd built, but he's forcing all these people to to, uh, uh, worship this golden statue. But three young Jewish men named Shadrach, Meshach, and, and Abednego. Abednego. Yeah. And Abednego. Oh, I'm so glad you know that. That's great. I only know that because we, we, we talked about it on our other podcast years ago. I was like, I was like, Oh, I told it to you. I was like, y'all are <laughs> telling me there's a Billy goat. I mean, yeah. I know there's Billy goats in the Bible, but it's two do- two Jews and a Billy goat. Billy that's fucking, I think that's a, that's a morning zoo show in West yeah. Palm beach. Fucking, but like, what, what are we talking about? But yeah, no, I, yeah, I, ever since you first told me that I've always remembered. Yeah. I, I didn't remember the last Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. A Abednego. Okay. Like a right. bed nigo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> so these three young Jewish men named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were just like, nah, we're not worshiping you because we believe in, you know, the Holy Father God. We got our own shit going on. So Nebuchadnezzar was pissed and he threatened to throw them into a fiery furnace if they didn't obey him, but they were just like, you know what? Fuck you. We'd rather die than worship your fucking gold cow or whatever it is you got going on. So this pisses Nebuchadnezzar off. And he immediately ordered the furnace to be heated up seven times hotter than usual. And he threw Shadrach, Meshach, and the billy goat in the fire. Well, much to his chagrin tray, they weren't even a little bit burnt up. When he looked in there, they were just kind of hanging out. But instead of only being three dudes in there, Nebuchadnezzar swears that he saw a fourth figure in the fire. And he knew that that must have been their God, right? So he's blown away. He caught the vapors, whatever the fuck it is you got back then. Immediately ordered them to come out of the furnace. When they got out of the fire, they weren't hurt. And Nebuchadnezzar got on his knees and was like, I acknowledge the power of your God, right? And then he was like, okay, I was wrong. This is the one true God. And anyone who doesn't believe that, I'll throw you in a fucking furnace. <laughs> so like, he just went right back, went right back to what he was doing, except for he was like, right. yeah. The, except he the got God. it right this time. He had he the did. right God the, this time. The, the okay, God listen, of- I'm sorry. This is like, and I know it sounds dumb talking about a Bible story, but like, clearly no. Of course right? no. Of course right. no. Like, of fucking course no. Like, no. <laughs> No, Not that even very, a little bit. That very didn't happen. What no. are we like? They forgot I, to light the Jew furnace or whatever. Like fucking, I don't know what dude, happened, or they just straight up made it up. But uh, they made yeah, it like, up. 
it weren't that. But so, but that that's what I said about when I said that Nebuchadnezzar wrote his part of the Bible. It's because he was writing fucking propaganda. Like they, of course, they let him write this. He finally, like, they were like, "Oh, he's on our side. This fucking king, we'll get him to write this shit." Like whoever it was that was in charge of publishing the first Bible was like, "Man, we got a lot of chapters by all these motherfuckers that nobody knows." And they were like, "They were like, hey, I heard you can give 150k to Nebuchadnezzar for a feature." You know what I mean? And so, like, then he yeah. wrote his fucking chapter. A lot of it was about how much he hit, but then it was his redemption story or whatever. But, like, dude, of course, nah, none of this shit happened. Matter of fact, like, if I wasn't so sleep-deprived from having a kid, I did have an idea that because none of this really happened, I was going to go full Anastasia 2.0 with this fucking yeah, yeah. episode. I was like, you I can fucking me. say anything. I know. Yeah. And, by the way, one day I will do that, but you won't see it coming, and that's going to be my okay. joy. Uh, so yeah, that's, that happened or that didn't happen. Um, in later, in later years though, Nebuchadnezzar's, um, his, his mental health deteriorated <laughs> and he was, said, he was said to have suffered from a condition that made him believe that he was an animal for seven years. He roamed the earth believing that he was some sort of beast. Uh, but that's what, that's what some people say, but the Bible account of it is that he was humbled by God for boasting about his achievements, and so God made him think he was a wolf. <laughs> a wolf? That's a pretty. You said animal at first. I, I was going to ask which animal because like I use is that Nebuchadnezzar over there, and he's like, you know, or whatever. But like I used wolf because yeah, I think it's a funny word. Oh, so they don't they don't clarify like it? No, like, I don't think it so. Okay. Yeah, so I was doing I was kind of doing the sort thing of there where I just made it okay. up. Yes, yeah, some sort of animal. But I was it was so great that you got to that point there because I was saving that at the end to be like, by the way, you understand that every single thing that I have just said is probably not true because it's all written right. in the fucking Bible. Uh but I had fun telling it, and that's Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah, I did hit. All right. Well, I guess that does it for us this week. Papa Cho, big papa producer. Another good episode, I think. Hope y'all agree. Uh, but that's been it for putting on airs. We'll be here next week too. Uh, remember to like, subscribe, tell your friends. What am I forgetting, Joe? Download and mm -hmm. uh, hey, get our Amazon specials. They're on. Oh yeah, Amazon. They are. <laughs> They're well on read. Amazon. Yeah. They fancy motherfuckers. Skew, skew. Here's Lydia Loveless. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Royalty and rednecks are alike. They both like cutting and picking fights. Biscuits and baked beans where they don't belong. Sit on down with Corey and Trey and learn some fancy shit today. We'll laugh a little even when they're wrong. They'll take you to a magical place where if you call someone a cut, nobody cares. They keep it debonair at putting on airs, putting on airs, putting on airs.